welcome to another edition of 10-Minute Misconduct, where there's more than 10 minutes of talk and, you know, plenty of misconduct here with Kelvin Check, the head coach of the Winkler Flyers. I'm Kevin Pauls, the, the, the voice of the Winkler Flyers. Kelvin, good to see you. Welcome back for another go-around. Thanks so much, Kev. It's, uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, so happy to hop on with you and, yeah, talk for probably more than 10 minutes if, the, if our past <laughs> is any indication. That's the best part. We just we say ten minutes and then we come in with all this extra content. We just uh, we just bar- give you this barrage of information every week. Funny story about that. Um, our general manager's ninety-year-old father was complaining about the podcast because he thought it was just going to be ten minutes. So it's oh. ten-minute misconduct. But they're okay. I don't think he was actually complaining. I think everything above ten minutes is just a bonus. So let's let's look at okay. it that way. Let's look at it that way. You pay for the first 10 minutes and the, the other 50 are free. Awesome. <laughs> well, there's lots to digest. We'll get into maybe, um, we'll get it to, to the, the 100 pound gorilla or the 800 pound gorilla in the room in a couple minutes. Let's dissect what's happened in the NHL the last week. Um, let's talk about your Oilers. Uh, hmm. How do you feel things are going? Is this like a support group for you? We get to kind of get some stuff off your chest. Um, you know what? It's, it was so nice when hockey, when the NHL came back following the world juniors, because it's such a nice distraction for, for everybody, for hockey fans all over the place. And then a, a week into the season or two weeks in and the Oilers are three and six and you're like, Oh wait, this is adding to the anxiety, not subtracting, but um, team wise, again, like I always say, it's fun to, follow one specific team um you pick up a lot of what they're doing and whatnot honestly the toughest thing right now or like i am such a coach apologist but there are players that are in and out of the lineup like the Oilers have nine defensemen right now mm-hmm. and they're all nhl ready and they're all capable um but they have different roles some of them play on the penalty kill and some are power play guys um but the the oilers power play they don't even have a second power play unit anymore like the first unit just stays out there the entire time rightfully so Mm -hmm. but anyway the biggest thing i'm seeing right now and kind of poked around some other teams is just how hard it is to manage not only your lineup for everybody plus the taxi squad and you know i just don't think people understand and fans don't understand that how hard it is on those people and we've talked about it before like you can be in the nhl and you know, the never hungry league and there's always food and then you, you always get to eat, but when you're not playing, people aren't happy. So, you know, I think when the Oilers lose, I feel more pain for the players who aren't playing. And then when they, when they win, um, I forget everybody. And I just, I bask in emotional <laughs> gratification. Just happy for the glow of that red light when they put up all those beautiful goals. You got it. Well, it's nice to see Pugliarvi. Like he's played well. He got a little bit. Of, he got time on the top line the other day, didn't he? Man, yeah. And I, I, I've argued with my buddies about that back home that have wanted him shipped out, you know, for two years. And that's another thing to learn is just, uh, you know, veteran general manager in Ken Holland, who's won Stanley Cups with Detroit and comes from a scouting background. You know, Pugliarvi and his agent requested a trade when he was. 18 years, nine, no, yeah, not 18. He was a 2016 pick, so 19, 20 years old. Um, you know, Liney is the same. Liney was picked two spots before him, right? Mm-hmm. Same idea. And Ken Holland, you know, he, I'm sure he did his due diligence, but didn't find anything he liked. And I, I sent someone a text the other day. Connor McDavid gets his 500th point in the NHL on an assist to Jesse Pugliarvi who buries an absolute rocket. Uh That's not a sentence I would have predicted, (laughs) you know, three months ago, six months ago, whatever. But it just shows that, you know, what it takes to build a hockey team isn't always obvious. So yeah, really fun to watch. He's, he's, yeah, now he's 21 years old or whatever it is, but really big piece of the puzzle. And uh, it's fun. It's fun to watch this kid play. He's so excited all the time. And I think that's just it. Like what we're seeing in the Canadian division uh, is we talk about it every week, how exciting it is, you know, the, the matchups, like we're about to delve into the battle of Alberta here right away. 
Um, you know, there's lots of cool stuff on the slate and, you know, talking about the Oilers and exciting prospects, you got, uh, that Bouchard, uh, he's been playing well. I, is Ethan Bear back yet from his injury or is he still out? No, he's still out. He got hit in the head with a puck a couple of weeks ago. And I think he's still yeah. got some, uh, some concussion issues. So they're playing it safe with him, which is obviously the right thing to do. Well, obviously you look at some of the other players that have been impacted around the league and you see the, maybe the risks of coming back too early. Uh, so you really need to take care. Um, and then let's talk about the Ottawa Senators effect. Uh, someone brought this up to me yesterday. You look at the leading scores, and we obviously, you know, who's at the top. Um, and is that a benefit from, you know, playing these, what, five, six goal games against the Ottawa Senators every night? Because really, someone put this point to me yesterday. They said, or was it this morning? They said, you know, the rightful top score in the league would be Patty Kane if he was able to play the Senators every third or fourth game. Yeah, you know, and they say that the yeah the Oilers have four wins against the Senators, and but then people say that Austin Matthews is the second coming of Gordy Howe because he's got sixteen goals. Well, six of those are against the Senators, mm-hmm. so I think any anything like that is fantastic banter this season. Um, but the Senators wouldn't have the record they have if they were playing against everybody else in the league, mm-hmm. just like the Leafs and the Oilers. Like nobody would. Um, it's just, I think it's a lazy, like, yeah, the Oilers won one game, but it was eight to five. The Senators still had to score. Like they found a way to score five goals and lose it eight to five. You mm-hmm. say, well, it's the Oilers, but then the Oilers shout out the Canadians three nights later. So yeah, it's, you know what I, I've settled into the re- the reality that every single team is going to, in the Canadian division is going to go through those ups and downs and it's going to be sheer panic. And then a week later, it's going to be bliss. Now mm-hmm. the two ends of those spectrums are probably the Maple Leafs and the senators. Um, and I was so hilarious when the Maple Leafs lost after the five, yeah, to one. when they were up five to one and then they lost and Maple Leaf, uh, the center of the universe was ready to pack it in. And the Leafs are still the best team in the NHL and they have the best record. So you know what? It's it's not football where you know more often than not the best teams win, best team wins, or even mm-hmm. basketball when you got Steph Curry and Draymond Green and uh, Clay Thompson, you're probably not going to win unless you've got LeBron who's better than all three of those guys. Mm-hmm. It's just I read something somewhere this morning where it, no other game depends on luck more than hockey, but I also believe you create your own luck, and that's why a team like the Maple Leafs, the way they play is you know, so innovative and, and, and so, you know, it's so cool to watch them in the offensive zone. So they create, you know, Joe Thornton scores on a tip in um, the other night, but he created that chance for that lucky bounce. Mm-hmm. And the senators aren't good enough yet to create that luck, but uh, they're still going to get it from, you know, every now and again. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's so compelling. It's so fun. Well, and you see, you see splashes of brilliance there too. Like they've got so many young defensemen and Stutzla scored a nice goal off the wing last night into next to no room up above the shoulder of the goaltender. Um, I believe it was Hutchinson, but it's so crazy the way the schedule has been impacted now, not only because of COVID, but the other night, you know, the stars have had games moved around because of the storm going on in Texas right now. And it's just such a, it's just, there's so many moving parts to the season with all the outside influences. It's, it's crazy. You know, and that's, I was thinking about that this morning too. Like I, I sit and I just read about hockey for two or three hours every single morning. Basically I had a, I had an eight week break when our hockey team was playing and I had Mm -hmm. to go to work. Um, (laughs) But since March, it's kind of, it's kind of all I do. And it's funny you bring up the Texas thing. For me, that really just sums up the perspective that, you know, myself and Harry and Jeff and really most, you know, our players have had that it's still just so hard to keep going when, you know, there's millions of people in Texas with no water and no heat and no food and like, damn right. They should be canceling, you know, or postponing those games. So, you know, but then we get back to it and then you can watch someone else and it's a distraction, but I don't know, but I just feel so guilty for being distracted. You know, it's just non nonstop guilt for, I mean, can you imagine if that happened here? It was minus 45 for two weeks. And I'm fortunate enough to get to sit in my perfect Kelvin shape on my couch. Um, and yeah, my 
spine hurts and I have bed sores from the couch, but at least I get to do that. So it's just, you know, this is, uh, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but. No, I, I think what you're saying is it's about perspective and how fortunate we are to have certain things. And then when there's interruptions like that, like we've all been dealing with the COVID problem. And then when there's something like that, whatever the cause is, you know, with, with the way nature is, um, it just puts a real stamp on it. And then there's such a contrast. You flip over from hearing how people are suffering in Texas. And then the first thing I see on the NHL Twitter today is they show this guy skating on near Lake Tahoe where they're about to play the outdoor game. And it's just this spectacle with this crazy backdrop. So we're on one hand talking about how there's no power and people in real trouble. And then now we move over to the yearly outdoor spectacle that the NHL puts on. It's such a one-sided well, yeah, and you know what? It's complicated. And if, if there's one thing I've learned in this whole, in the last year, it's that um, the prevalence of whataboutism is so aggravating where someone, you know, has a difficult situation and then someone says, well, what about this? Well, it's like, yeah, I mean, that matters as well. But this is what is really under fire right now. And this is you know, with the, like, with the, with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, it's just, these are the people that are being, you know, prosecuted and like, uh, dealt, dealing with systemic racism on a daily basis. And that's who needs our help. And you can still feel, you know, wonderful that you get to watch, um, Nathan McKinnon skate in a, you know, the coolest outdoor game of all time, um, while feeling these other, and this is, you know, this is obviously such a massive conversation and far be it for me to pretend that I have any sort of authority on this situation, but you know, our guys, our guys have been told and not told, but we just, we, we talk a lot that you can feel so mad and frustrated about your current situation. Um, while also being happy that, you know, you get to use the gym. Derek Weave is in our gym, you know, every day now since the, um, since gyms reopened to 25% and he's got a smile on his face and, you know, he's just, he's, he's an animal right now, but he like, it burns that kid that he can't play. So, um, yeah, I, again, I, you know what, Kev, I just, I, I'm, I'm pumped to do this today because I don't want to talk about, um, the pandemic with you again. Yes. Let this, the next time we, we, we get to this, maybe, well, obviously maybe let's go into the back check then sure. right off the bat and, and we'll talk about, the impending closure of the MJHL season, which we heard of last week. Uh, I thought the MJHL as well as the teams involved have done a fantastic job um, managing the way things uh, happened through the care of their players, you know, um, notifying uh, fans, billets, all the people along you have taken a great deal of uh, as well as Jeff and, and the, the folks involved with the Winkler Flyers have done a good job mitigating all of the, the the crushing data that comes along with it and players being at home and informing them. Um, what are your thoughts on, on how things are, I guess, uh, coming out of the official closure of the MJHL season? Um, well, I have, yeah, I have many thoughts because uh, I have a lot of time to think these days. I think number one for us, the, the biggest thing is just, and I don't know how you possibly recognize these people, but our governor is Dan Giesbrecht, who, you know, he's like the wild Bill Hunter of junior A hockey in the Pemina Valley. He's a Titan. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's been the coach of this team. He's been the manager. Um, he's just such a hardworking guy. And, you know, he, so the governor, so for, if you don't know the way this all works, like it's not, you know, these conversations don't happen with the coaches. It's, it's the governors behind the scenes. Right. And they, they go back and forth. With yeah. The yeah. Basically working on, on behalf of their teams to find the safest way to return to play. Mm-hmm. And they did this throughout the summer and everyone works more diligently with a deadline. And on March 12th, last year, when our season got shut down, that deadline is still a few months away. Right but Dan still had to start the work of preparing for plan A, plan B, plan C. And, you know, all of a sudden it's June and we canceled our spring camp. And then all of a sudden it's August and people don't know if they should come to town. 
Um, all of a sudden it's September and we're here and we don't know if we're starting training camp. And I think about all the anxiety that, you know, myself and the players, well, actually not so much the players because we, at that time we didn't really tell them what's going on. It's just be here at this time, um, wear a mask and don't, don't, don't lick anybody. Um, <laughs> that was pretty easy to basic. Yeah. That was easy to enforce, but so Dan and, and all the governors throughout the league have been working just to get the season started. And we did start before all the other leagues in Canada. Um, but we went a week with, there was no cases in Manitoba and everyone was watching that so closely. And we came back to play and didn't feel guilt, you know, still felt brutal that it's, you know, a difficult time. And I have friends who coach in BC um, and Alberta and, and out in the Maritimes and, but you just focus on yourself and worry about what you can control. And then, you know, it's just such a, it was such a sense of impending doom when, um, you know, we got paused in the first place, but through all that, Dan Giesbrecht and, you know, with uh, our commissioner, Kevin Surrett, you know, are working with health officials in the province and things way above my pay grade. And so to answer your question, I try not to ramble for 10 minutes every time you ask a question today but that was kind of my first thought and i know dan is really disappointed i don't know if disappointed it's just sad so you know that's brutal and then i have to go and have a zoom call with the players tell the 20 year olds their junior career is over um for the for the time being at least then but then it's just it still is a sense of relief you know that we can turn the page and there's you know Hockey players and hockey people are, we're adaptable, but we're creatures of habit and routine. And I've really had to, I've really struggled with not having that routine, uh-huh. you know? So, but I mean, what, again, perspective, like whatever, who cares? So I get to wake up at eight o'clock instead of seven thirty because I technically have nowhere to go, nowhere to be. Um, you know, it's just, it's just sad and it's just tough, but then, you know, like we said in our, our meeting, wallow for a couple days um feel sad but then suck it up and get back to work and do whatever you need to do to be better and the response from the guys has been incredible that's and, awesome yeah even talking to guys it's, I, I still talk to them just as much and uh i've had a couple really powerful exit meetings already so again it's one of those complicated things where you know happy that the anxiety is gone sad that the season's gone Yeah. And I mean, as much as we were kind of wondering where things were going to go as far as, you know, we were watching constantly the COVID cases and how the Manitoba government was handling things. You kind of always had this thought in the back of your mind that, geez, the real possibility here is not playing another game. And you think of the guys, the 20 year olds that have to, you know, um, they've had basically the rug pulled from underneath them, so to speak. Uh, how, how did those conversations go? And, and also on the same token, uh, there's guys that have been, you know, afforded the opportunity to go elsewhere and play, um, you know, like uh, Ian Tukany and Schindle are going out east. Um, some fellas are heading south. Um, that's positive. That's a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, to go, go back to the first part, you know, with the, the guys who just got the rug pulled out from under them, like none of them knew, you know, none of them could really comprehend that there might be a chance to go play elsewhere. Um, and every single guy is a different, you know, some don't want to, well, the majority don't, don't want anything to do with it. Um, our, our focus was, was the 20 year olds, but when we first told them and I gave those 20 year olds a chance to speak in the zoom meeting and, uh, I went to Tanner Andrew first and it's just like, his face was just pain, you know, cause he, he's only been here for a couple of months, but he's such a, he's just such an inspiring, you know, spirit around uh-huh. the team and, um, it, it always takes a little bit to get to know somebody, but with him, it was really quick. And he just, he was just devastated and not even for himself, you know, he's just devastated that he's not going to be around this team anymore. And, um, so yeah, it's, I didn't, I didn't force any of those 20 year olds to, to talk if they, you know, didn't want to, or it was too hard, but you know, now that's two seasons of, I mean, my la- the last time I saw Garrett Zeremli was in that situation a year earlier, um, you know, and it was just, you know, he was, he was destroyed as a, you know, as a 20 year old. And then 
Nathan Pullman and you know, well, we had seven of them um, this year, this year we only had five. So yeah, like I said, they, they didn't know that there would be opportunities to go elsewhere. Tanner Andrew didn't know Like he, he thought it was just, you know, he, he's off to, uh, to RIT next year. So he's got a, he's going to a division one school and that's all great, but uh-huh. you know, that didn't, that didn't help alleviate any of his disappointment. And he had no idea that he could have a chance to go somewhere else up until I texted him and said, Hey, do you want to go to Chilliwack? He's like, Oh, are you serious? It's like, yeah, that's a, you know, not, none of these guys really, it just wasn't a thing until, until it was. Right. Cause you really can't, you can't do anything until you kind of have an obvious end to the season. So I guess the big thing that, that comes to mind is, so how do guys, is this going to change the scope on how people go about their 19th year or their 19, their, their 19 year uh, when they're trying to showcase their wares? Because what if there's a stoppage? What if there's another COVID? I'm not trying to be chicken little here. I'm just saying, does this create a different path that people will look at as far as the furtherance of either their education or their hockey playing career? Because what if? Yeah, no, I, I don't think it does whatsoever um, because that's, that's all out of their control. And, you know, we've been talking about worrying about what we can control since last summer um, and really even before that. So it doesn't matter if they're, if they're 19 or 18 and um, you know, 17 or 16, it's just what can they do to be at their best when they get an opportunity to play and, you know, they don't, and, and this is, they don't control, yeah, they don't control the possibility of a global catastrophe, like a, you know, infectious pandemic, but they also don't control when they go on the ice. They don't control their ice time. Um, you know, they can inform it and they can influence it with their skill and their dedication in the off season and how hard they work and how intelligent they are and really can they play hockey or not but then the coach is the one who puts them on the ice and the coach is the one who puts them on the team or the school is the one that recruits them to come and play. And they have no control over that. So I think that's why our guys did such a good job this year. Um, You know, we dealt with some adversity in giving up leads and, you know, losing four games in a row, which now my four game losing streak just got so much longer Oh, I just realized that son of a. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't bring it up. I I've tried to stay away from this topic for for a while. So my brain won't let me get away from anything. So, <laughs> well, okay. So what you're saying is, yes, obviously these things are out of con- our control. If anything, something like this only goes further to reinforce that and what you can do. And we've talked about the guys going to the gym, and you know they're going to come in next year really hungry and really in shape and. You know, I think that's ultimately we'll we'll leave it at the perspective side of things. It's like yeah. this is the worst possible scenario. What am I going to do to control the things I can? And that's me. That's my effort. That's my you know my time I put into taking care of my body, etc. Uh, it's just it's just something. It's a it's a watermark. You know, uh, whether or not it's a high or low watermark will remain to be seen. But at this point, at least it gives these young men. And everybody, you know, we've talked about the kids that have, have adapted in school, like the middle schoolers or whoever. It's all something that we'll be able to look at and go, all right, I don't want to deal with that again. I'd rather not see that again. But if it does, these are the things that I, Kevin Pauls, can take care of to come out of it better. And let's hope that next year we see, you know, I want to see a really good Flyers product on the ice and the, the prospects are good. So let's, let's hope, let's, let's hold on to that light. You got it. Okay, deal. <laughs> so I guess I'm, I'm, I was really excited to see those guys get an opportunity to go and play because I know how important it is. Uh, a lot of them uh, obviously uh, will be on loan and will be returning next year, which is a very positive thing. Um, you know, looking back at this year, uh, did you see certain things with the players that were coming in that, that would uh, you know create a template for what you're going to look forward to next year? Um. That's an interesting question. You mean like with individual players or lineup or um, specific, specific to them going other places or what do you, what do you, what do you mean? No, I mean, I mean, as far as the Winkler Flyers are concerned, we, we learned we're, we're on a, the, like you said, let's the, the, the path that we were on with the way the season went, 
the the things that they were doing coming together as a group, the players that will be returning. What do you see like as far as building next year's team is looking at? Um, yeah, well, sorry. First of all, I got to say, I mean, yeah, when you bring up the, the guys going other places and as soon as you said you were excited, it's like my heart broke um, in, in just a slight, like a slight, it was already broken, but it had kind of healed over a couple of days, but now you've re... I ripped that membrane yeah. off. Oh, um, Sorry. But no, it's... I'm excited for them too, but yeah, when I saw um, the uh, the Ottawa Junior Senators tweet that they picked up Tukini and Schindel, another small part of me died. Um, you know, like you said, Schindel, Schindel will be back, so those 19-year-olds are on loan. Um, this, this is true of all across uh, Canadian Junior A hockey. Um, so Schindel and McCarthy's rights automatically revert back to us at the end of the season. Um, okay. So, and uh, yeah, but see, yeah. So Tukini, um, Short Reed is going to the Maritimes. Uh, Tanner Andrews going to Chilliwack. Drake Bergen's going to Cranbrook. And so, yeah, seeing those guys graduate in a different jersey, I'm happy for them. But, you know, again, happy, sad. So, yeah there's a good and a bad. And ultimately you have a really close relationship with them. So, you know, these people, they're people, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're guys you see every day, you get to know their personalities. So yes, on one hand, it's really tough to see them go out the door, but at the end of the day, you're happy for them as people. And, you know, honestly, and I've with, uh, with Tanner, um, I have a relationship with the staff in Chilliwack. So that's kind of how that started. Okay. Um, Ryan Donald, who's the head coach in Cranbrook. Um, I've worked with him a bunch in the past in, uh, in Port Alberni. Um, he was the, he's a good guy too. So I'm, I'm happy to see Drake go there. Um, you know, so there's, it's, it's cool because I, I know how, like you said, I know how good these guys are um, uh-huh. just with their character, uh-huh. you know, and, um, and I know the coach at Yarmouth where Jaden McCarthy is going and I know what, you know, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the teams in Ottawa um, or social where, where short reads going, but to ra- to bring it all back to what you said. Yeah. It's uh, I'm excited for those teams because all those players that are going to them are just, they're such awesome guys and they're, and they're good players, but they're more importantly, they're good people. So, um, you know, and, and they're, they're not all perfect. <laughs> They've got some issues. So the fact that I know some of these coaches and know where they're going if they're going to say to me after the season, like, what's up with this? I can say, yeah. yeah. Well, the good news, the good news is they get to tie off the year with at least playing more hockey. Yeah. Like that's, that's the biggest thing, like sitting there and not, I couldn't imagine how tough that would be uh, having just to like a a clean cut. We're done. Or without even being able to, to know for sure one way or the other. One day you're just, you're kind of sitting there hoping you're working out, you're doing whatever, hoping that hockey is going to fire back up again. But all of a sudden when the league's canceled, you're like, shoot, I didn't even get to emotionally prepare for this. But now some of them at least get to go and at least fulfill that, you know, the the finality of the year. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, to bring it back to what you asked about the template for next year, it's to find, you know, more people like those guys that were losing. And that's where we can turn this into a conversation about like, this would be happening anyway. So short read, Ten Koppel, Bergen, Tukini, and Tanner um, would all be graduating anyways. Uh-huh. So they're leaving. And just like the, the season before, where we lost Albanati, Looting, Bestland, Zeremli, Griffin Leonard, Townsend, and Poolman, you know, that is an enormous part of your dressing room and an enormous part of your culture, even though all of them are so unique and so different from each other. So your, your dressing room and your culture is a living, constantly evolving entity. And so when you lose that, you know, it's just, it's sad regardless of the circumstances. So we need to find people to, you know, take up some of that space literally and figuratively in the dressing room. And a lot of that is with the 19 year olds um, becoming one year older and, you know, you just naturally get more comfortable. Some kids are very comfortable at 17 and have a loud voice right away. Um, And that's totally fine too. Everyone's different. Um, you know, so some, some new people will come in and have to fill that space 
uh, yeah, literally, and there'll, there'll be new players. Um, but it's it's really exciting to watch the evolution over time of players now who I've had for two years. Like a guy like Trent Sandberg who came in last year at 17 and, you know, hardly said a word for the first month. And then when we had a, our Christmas break and he came back after the break, it was like this, this man had, had returned. And, you know, he's another player who's actually going down south to uh, North Carolina. Um, and he's all of a sudden going into his 19-year-old season. And he's one of our leaders and he's, uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a big piece of the puzzle, you know, not to be too ironic, but uh, I've faced short jokes my entire life too. So he's a big piece of the puzzle on the back end. So someone like that will take another step and grow a little larger in his, uh, in his stature with uh, amongst the group. And, you know, that's, that's, what's really exciting now that we can look forward. I think that's important. I won't like use the word perspective again, because yes, there's, there's really bright things on the horizon for the Winkler Flyers. Um, they've been talking, you've been talking Well, I've seen mention of commitments coming in the last few days. A lot of the prospects that are on the, on the, on the short list. Um, um, how have you been paying attention to that? Has there been lots to kind of manage in that respect or is that kind of all just part of the process? Yeah, that's, that's part of the process. Um, the guy in charge of that for the most part is Mike McCauley as our head scout and assistant GM. Um, you know, this time last year we signed Cole McKenzie who played a big role for us this year as a first year player. Um, I don't know. I can't, that's so long ago. I don't know why Cole's the, he's the tallest. So that's why I remember him. He's the biggest. Guy, but, um, so yeah, signing, signing guys like Malachi Klassen, um, who's local lives here in Winkler is really cool. And then uh, Caden Stewart is a defenseman. Um, so those guys are 17 going into their 18 year old seasons. And then we have, uh, we, we've got some players who are younger, some 17 year olds we expect to come in and push. Um, yeah. And you see around the league, other teams will sign their 16 and 17 year olds. You know, I, I think it's pretty powerful to have someone come into a training camp and, and really earn it. Um, someone like Mike Svensson, I mean, Mike Svensson, I think by when things were shut down, I think he had six goals in eight games as a 17 year old. And, um, you know, we didn't sign him until training camp was over. So he came in with, when we made a trade for him in, in the summer. He came in with no guarantees. So I'm excited to, and that's just, that's, this is our philosophy. This is, that's what I believe in. I believe, you know, people should earn what's coming to them. Um, you can, you can give people, you can give it to them or, or you can make sure that they, that they earn it. And sometimes there's a balance and there's a fine line, but Mike is just an awesome example of someone who came in and really earned a spot and solidified, you know, his, his spot early and yeah, scoring six goals in eight games as a, you know, he wasn't even, it was a 17 year old season, but he didn't turn 17 till November, um, you know, is, is really cool. And, and he's a big piece of the puzzle moving forward too. So that's another one who, uh, you know, will grow in their, their stature and their evolution with the team. So, um, but that's, it's, it's the exciting part in the spring uh, for sure is to look at what you've got coming and find people to, you know, you're never going to replace those five 20 year olds, but uh, finding new pieces to, to add to the puzzle. Does the way that you approach things, like obviously you're a very prepared person as we've discussed, um, is there a, is there a progression in the way that you look at stuff? Do you kind of take, cause you know, Jeff and Mike do the, the they do the handling of the pieces and they give you the, the team in front of you. Is there uh, another piece to the, the Kelvin check process that you're developing as you go along here with the Winkler flyers? Um, well, it's, I mean, yeah, for, for Harry and I, it's a lot of throwing a lot of different lines and combinations and different pairings. Um, and then, you know, who's going to play this special team or who's going to play this role or will this player be able to survive in a, in a tough matchup situation where they play against the other team's best players. And with, if we give this player this ice time, you know, are they going to reciprocate and contribute offensively? So losing, yeah, losing the, losing the players you lose, you need to, you need to fill those, fill those shoes on the ice um, so yeah, that, that's part of our process. And then, you know, every, every season you learn a little bit more about the team and how you want to play moving forward. And, 
I did that in, in November, um, kind of did my, you know, I only had eight games to look at plus some exhibitions. So even if we were coming back, we were going to play a little bit differently. Um, mostly just in, in how we forecheck and how aggressive our, our defense are and then how we play in the offensive zone. So, you know, stuff like that is something that Harry and I really believe in, you know, to finding the right players on the ice to play those kind of roles and to, to play with the way we want to play. And then uh, that kind of, you know, that goes up the chain and we all work, uh, we work really well with each other and um, all four of us are, are open-minded and, you know what? It's nice to be. It's nice to be heard, and for for everybody to have a voice. And then, when uh, even when it comes to time for training camp, like we have scouts who work on Mike's staff as well, who are big, you know, who are really important to have a, and have important voices and have followed these players for years. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Is I've got my ideas, and Harry's got his ideas, and then the coaching staff puts that together, and then it's like running it through all these different filters until you hopefully get, uh, you know, the, the team you want. And that's only just on the ice, off the ice is important as well. Oh, certainly. And I mean, Jeff and Mike did a fantastic job this year, uh, you know, with the uncertainty of everything and uh, bringing in players as things developed with the WHL too, you know, getting some guys coming back from that because it seemed like golly, like you're looking at the rest of the league and you run into a Verdon team. Um, Hunt was just named the captain of his squad in the dub. So, I mean, obviously you, there's very uh, talented players throughout the course of the league and what a influx of talent has caused to, you know, uh, to the way one team will perform the, 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 the way the line combinations work, you know, moving into next year, obviously things will be a little bit different with that, but obviously there's lots to look forward to. Do you see next year's team, um, presenting a really good opportunity to win games. Yeah, it's, it's the best team in the league. We haven't we haven't lost yeah. a, we haven't lost a game yet. So yeah, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. This, yeah. Usually, this is what you say at the end of training camp. But um, I like all of my partners across the league. I'm sure Taylor Harnett saying the same thing, and uh, Paul Dick saying the same thing that they're the best team in the league. So mm-hmm. no, we're 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 very optimistic right now. The difference for us this summer is that we do have a lot more returning players. Um, okay. than in my previous two seasons here. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's really cool. Like we, I think we're eligible to come back with five defensemen and that doesn't include uh, Caden Stewart, um, you know, who, who, who will be new next year. So um, it's, it's exciting and, and, and it's a way it's, it's difficult because there's still, you know, there's young players coming um, who deserve a legitimate chance to show what they've got so um, it's about putting and Mike says this all the time it's about putting the right 20 players on the ice um, and putting the right uh, the right players on the team so you know we Mike's done an incredible job with that uh, 2004 draft um, wow. the, the the 2004 group is just is phenomenal and then the 05 group is um, yeah literally nipping at their heels right behind them so there's a lot of uh, really good people, good hockey players in the, in the pipeline. And um, yeah, I'm just. And what's, what's happening with, I, did they combine the next two classes together for the next upcoming draft or. Yeah. So the, well, it's not combined. Um, no, they're, but they're splitting it. it it's yeah. There's not going to be the, the, the draft is moving back. Um, the draft is moving back a season permanently. So right. basically the right. sixes wait another year and then the 07s will come the year after that i see so, okay yeah. i guess so it's all it's happening after their 15 year old season um now moving forward i, I okay. honestly i could i'm going to leave a small caveat that uh that could i could not maybe i'm not 100 correct about that but i know for sure yeah there's no draft this this spring um yeah it said 2022 isn't yeah. it but so in 15 year olds aren't eligible to play anyways right um, the same as the Western Hockey League. So it'll get pushed back a year, which I think is pretty cool because then you can get drafted after your 15-year-old season and you can go and, and crack the lineup, um, which I think is a really – it's cool for our league and, you know, it's it's pretty exciting. Say that first or second overall pick, um, you know, clearly would be a pretty good hockey player and could go and step into a lineup right away. So, um, yeah, that, that's exciting. I, I think it's – the yeah, it's cool. Does it also benefit from a developmental standpoint as far as – 
gathering you know information on these players and because the course from a 15 to a 16 year old uh, kid can grow quite a bit or is that a dumb question no no kevin come on there's no there's no dumb questions um that's not true i, I used to say all the time there are dumb questions i've got a lot of them they usually happen if you're not listening but uh you're a pretty good listener so <laughs> oh thanks um, it's uh there's pros and cons um and it's it's been something that's been being like it's been a discussion all season um with the the competition committee in our league and then everyone brings it down to their their team levels and you talk about it with your scouts and general managers. So the the pros are, yeah, you get another year to watch. So you get to watch a 15-year-old um, play his first season against under 18 players, you know, who are who are two years older in some cases. Um, but the 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 negative or the downside of that is that they're not playing against their peers now. So it might be a little bit different when you project what they're gonna look like when they are playing against their peers. So in um, in Bantam, which is, you know, U15 now, it's the, everyone's on the same playing field. Yes. Um, and I'm honestly still learning about all the, like the, the city programs and the provincial programs and the high school programs. Um, you know, that's, it's not my area of expertise. It's, it's Mike, Mike and Jeff's. Um, so yeah, there's, we, we went back and forth on it a lot, just in what, uh, just trying to, look you know surround the uh surround the subject and um once you get into your first year yeah into your first year midget then you know players scatter and there's lots of different leagues and there's high school and there's city midget and there's provincial midget and you really you want to make sure that none of those no no one's left behind um you know mike's done an awesome job of finding those uh diamonds in the rough uh so to speak um but uh, him and his scouting staff are that powerful that I know they'll keep finding those players, even though they're they're scattered all over the place. So need to get need to get those guys a crystal ball. Well, hey, and that's the thing. I mean, it happens in in the NHL, right? You see, uh, like every single team has someone, and then there's someone playing on another team who is drafted later, and they're playing, and everyone's like, my the draft guru for the Edmonton Oilers doesn't know what he's doing, and the blah blah blah, like Jesse Pulley he was Pierre Luke, like the two guys drafted before Pugliarvi have now been traded for each other. So, you know, so it looks like the, now the Oilers look smart because their pick worked out. Now I would argue against that because Patrick Line is a 60 goal scorer and Pierre Luc Dubois is, uh, you know, he's a good player too. So it, it happens in every level of hockey. If you knew the future, then the scouts wouldn't be scouts, they would just be professional gamblers. Yeah, well, that's the thing, playing the long game on it. And, you know, when you're talking about kids and the development at different stages and, oh gosh, I, I can only imagine the amount of variables at play there. So for someone someone that's new to the community, you've been here for a couple of years now, do you have a peripheral for hockey that's going on in the Pemina Valley or is that not something you're necessarily concerned about? Um, do you just kind of you just kind of go with the flow with what you're given. Is there a certain process that you like to bring into the conversation with Mike and Jeff? You know, it was, uh, it was a goal of mine to watch more games and get more involved this season. Um, but then that didn't happen because uh, I'm not allowed to leave the house. So generally we just, we just, we communicate a lot. We, we talk on the phone right. nonstop. Um, you know, our, our group chat is, uh, it's pretty fiery on, on occasions. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a bit more understanding that we have more players uh, playing for the Hawks who are right in our backyard. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have this year, we had four or five of them who played on that team. And then uh, Dylan Milan, who's a year older, who played for them as well. So um, I, I don't know a lot, but I do know that there's a really good pipeline and, and the coaches there and that program does an awesome job because those guys have stepped in and are contributing right away for us. So, to answer your question, I, I mostly stay in my lane and I coach the kids who, who are here and who come. Um, but then Mike and Jeff would probably tell you the, you know, the same basic thing that they, they try to find the, the best players and the players that have the best chances of uh, playing for the Winkler Flyers at some point. Well, yeah, that's important. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of tough because what Jeff had talked about the other day was that, you know, you draft a certain number of players um, and you don't really know because you're you're forecasting, but you're hoping if you draft 10, you get X number 
playing for your team. So I guess if you have a good eye on your backyard, that's beneficial because it's right here. But that's why you lean on the guys like Mike and and some of the other fellows we spoke about, you know, in the States um, that you got to keep the pipeline stocked so that you can have a good uh, arsenal at your disposal. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, and always all things being equal, um, we would always go with a local player. Um, and it's, you know, we're fortunate right now that there is so much skill right here in our backyard and right here in Winkler. I mean, right, right now, you know, with, uh, with Malachi signing, um, and Dylan, Oh, d- sorry. Dylan Milan is also going as uh, going to another team as well. Um, oh, is he, he's going somewhere to play. Too? Yeah. He's just starting quarantine today. Um, he's going to Lloyd Minster, um, but he's 19. So he'll be back as well. So for a goalie, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So, but anyway, like right now in my brain, we've got three goalies. So with Dylan and Reed Dick and then uh, Malachi reads off to the bubble with Swift Current. They all live in Winkler. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, which, which is super cool. So, you know, and then Derek Weeb lives in Morden and well, yeah, there's, there's, there's so many local guys now and even, uh, you know, like uh, Danny Isaac who lives in Low Farm, which is, I've never been there, but I heard it's a pretty exotic and a pretty, pretty, pretty happening place. Yeah. Um, the people of low farm will be happy to hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a, we had a really strong team with a lot of local players and that's uh, if, you know, if there's a blueprint for junior A hockey in a small town, that's it. Well, it's, it's cool. And it's nice. I know how hard the people of the Pemina Valley are working on development. Um, you know, we've got great people at work. I know, um, you know, I've had uh, chats with uh, the people from the Pemina Valley minor hockey uh, uh, executive and there's good minds at play and it's nice to have because it's so important for each, each, each area. And I'm sure that, you know, there's players from everywhere. So it's just, uh, I just think it's, it's beneficial, you know, for the Morden Winkler, Carmen Morris, you know, all over the place up, you know, the West of here, Cartwright, uh, pilot mound there's it's just a good hockey hotbed so it's nice to see these players represented yeah and then you you know you sprinkle in um some guys from foreign places like uh, kyle crew from comox mm-hmm. you know, we got him kind of right on the eve of the season and needed uh yeah we needed another defenseman um and that you know was a huge important piece for us and you know he'll be a really good player here moving forward so um that's part of the that's you know it's never going to be a hundred percent all local because then you know you're missing out and you won't win very many games so it's finding the right players from all over the place and but yeah we we're fortunate to have a a nucleus of uh, of local talent i'll put it that way yeah that's so that's so cool so the the future is bright obviously there's certain things um you know there's a big pieces we need to get in place coming into uh next year obviously things just kind of being sorted out after the the closure of the season um i guess for you there needs to be some things put in place too but uh optimistically speaking i hope that we're we're ready set go come next year camp wise and i guess maybe even summer camp wise there's i know there's a lot of things that the winkler flyers host for local players so i know there's a lot of locals looking forward to those systems as well yeah it's uh we're not out of the woods yet with uh, the uncertainty i mean i've booked i have a spring camp booked for the beginning of may i've got one booked for the end of june i've got uh college and pro guys and our returning guys another camp for the beginning of august and then our hockey school and then i have training camp i have a a rookie camp and training camp booked and i really hope we can do all of them and it might get to the point where we have to you know the obviously the the first of may the beginning of may it would be just phenomenal if we can get players into town and, and do a tournament um you know that obviously to serve as our as our spring camp but that's uh could get could get shut down as well so we're we're prepared for anything um and uh yeah hopefully we get through the uncertainty as quick as possible and hopefully um i have on my uh christmas list for you now my friend one of those blinking on air signs that maybe you can put um at the top of the stairs because i know i think you record in your basement um i see you flailing your arms about don't feel bad (laughs) my dog was scratching at the door um, staring at me because she wants to go outside and she was scratching and I had to throw a sock at her but uh... <laughs> well as as we progress yeah I'm going to make a little booth in the corner here or even just maybe I'll just go into the shower and do it I hear the acoustics are good in there so the visual is great <laughs> on that too so thanks man 
Well, it's it's awesome though. The, the thing, I, I guess, as we close out here, uh, it's always good to have something to look forward to because I, to me, as soon as you set something in in the future, time just collapses. And I think we've come through the hard part. Hopefully, the the you know restrictions alleviate so we can have human contact again and. S- hockey specifically i hope things the wheels can start turning for the winkler flyers again and i hope we're sitting here uh beginning of next season really optimistic about the upcoming season but i mean uh, i think that's that's good for today i'm looking forward we i think we're going to do a maybe attempt to do a bi-weekly thing and keep our finger on the hap- uh, pulse of the happenings for the winkler flyers but um once again kelvin as always it's a, it's a pleasure talking to you about this yeah you know kev it's uh it's funny that we we got this up and running because both you and i needed something to do you know hockey wise right in the middle of the season and yeah you say that yeah time flies i mean it's early right now but it's going to get late really early as well so i just want to thank you for taking this project on with me and um you know it's it's a really fun way to dig into things and as you can tell, I love to talk shop and I love to, I love to brag about our players. And, you know, I'm, I'm in such an awesome spot here in Winkler and I, you know, it's, it's, it's not an exaggeration to say I've, I've, I found my, you know, my dream job here. So, you know, we, we are so, so optimistic, Jeff and Mike and I and Harry about next season. And it's nice to turn the pay. I mean, again, perspective, like you said, perspective is our watermark. Um, but I think I've qualified it enough. But I can say that I am excited about the future and uh, it's going to be, like you just said, it's going to be here before you know it. Well, and let's let's keep the positivity and, and all things considered. Uh, my From my standpoint, it, it, I can't say enough about the organization and how well they've treated me. I, I look forward to every opportunity I have to talk hockey, ride the bus, stand in there, sit in the booth and watch the game unfold and try to paint a picture. Uh, this is a dream come true for me. So thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kev. Right on, man. We'll do it again, Kelvin. Once again, uh, we'll we'll see you folks again on the 10-Minute Misconduct here with Kelvin Check and Kevin Paul's the voice of the Winkler Flyers. Until then, happy hockey, everyone.